of that emo rap Ain't no kilo stash, Augusta's son had to reload that Daddy gone, but his legacy strong, how do you figure? I too thought I'd be dead, all things considered But I'm living, thriving and growing, fighting opponents that I'm with it Striving to know who died for the lowest, don't you get it? The industry hopers try to control us, I ain't with it I got me a goal that's highly explosive With my wife and my baby, what I'm writing is weighty Call me S.O. or Bebenberg, they nighting me lately Stand where the light is, feeling lighter, delighted And maybe I'm getting grown Nothing wrong with Bible and Bailey's I open up the text Got my mind closer off the edge Goes the architect I ain't gotta go to your connect I call the God direct Him and I through the sun up What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fallen Wild Black Podcast. I am your host, Tone, a.k.a. Cyrus the Rebel One, here along with my, li- my near and dear friends, pals, and compadres, uh, Art of War, uh, The Last Bulky Boke, Raheem, and D-Block. I mean, a.k.a. My D-Block. <laughs> my God, you got it right. You got it right. We have a very special Nine. guest here today, Adam Vicks. Um, a husband, new dad, and a man in big tech. Welcome, brother. How are you today? Doing great, brothers. Thank you for having me on. Um, I feel like I'm here with a bunch of artists, and I have no no special title, so I feel like I, I I'm unworthy to be in this circle. But <laughs> but you are. Thanks. But you are. Thanks though. for letting. Thanks for he- letting just a, a an around the way guy come on. And, and connect with you guys all right so before we get started i wanted to shout out all the listeners out there this is your if this is your first time tuning in with us welcome um if you gain any value from what we releasing if you picking up what we putting down please be sure to follow all that good social media stuff you know what to do like subscribe hit the bell for notifications all that good jazz um if you have anything you'd like to add um any sir you're not in the pot shh he said if you just make sure you leave it in the chat in the comments um comment section we welcome and appreciate any respectful dialogue um and for our seasoned listeners out there welcome back um if you're participating in our virtual studio audience today let's see if we got anybody over there oh d black that was from earlier um just let's so you know there's no one there so i'll skip that part um, like I said, we have a very special guest here today. His name is Adam. Um, blah, 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 blah. So, how you doing today, Adam? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm doing great. Um, up early. Uh, I, I was just telling <laughs> Wardell earlier that, you know, I, I cover the night shift uh, when I'm taking care of my little one. So, I'm, I'm like thriving on fumes here. So bear with me. Um, I'm from the D.C. region, born and bred, third generation Washingtonian, um, Howard alum, H.U. You know. Okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Four years married to my beautiful wife, Jessica. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you. And mm-hmm. two months ago, we, we welcomed our daughter. This is our first and my wife tells me our last. <laughs> so Congratulations we'll, again. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's just it's been a whirlwind, but it's been an incredible experience so far. Copy. That's dope. Hey, Adam, just let's go about how how do you, how does it feel being a new father? <laughs> 
let's unpack the whole process. It's just so many emotions. Um, there's a there's a weight. I feel like when you're a new father, you realize that like you're responsible for keeping someone else alive and talk that, about it. That that <laughs> feeling is like none other. I mean, especially that first week. My wife and I we made it through that first week and it's like we hit the jackpot. Like she's still breathing. She gained weight. It's just <laughs> I, I it's like an instant flip of the switch where you're always thinking about someone else, making sure that they have everything they need to thrive in this world. And that has been the most intense feeling above all of them, I can say. Is it, it, would you say it's somewhat overwhelming? It can be, yeah. Especially for us, you know, I'm new in this role. So it's overwhelming in the sense that it's all new. I have not done this before. You know, you can you can plan and you can have a theory about what fatherhood or parenting will be like. But until you've actually walked in those shoes, you just don't realize the, the weight of it. And so, yeah, it's it's a mix of emotions. It's a great thing. It's challenging. It's stressful. But yeah, it's it's definitely a, a heavy, intense feeling knowing that you're responsible at the end of the day, of the day for another life. Yeah, it's. I always say it's the easiest and the hardest thing I've ever done. It's easy because I would do it at a drop of a hat. I love my child, but it's hard. It's like it's the hardest thing. I've ever done. Most important, yeah. but it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like and you, you, you hit a point where you gotta like, uh, you know, you realize certain things that you want for yourself. You gotta like put aside. It's like, all right, you know what? I'm always I'm also this for myself, but I mean, I gotta restructure a few things, Dad, because now my main goal is, you know, even even to, you know, I got this goal for myself. I gotta make sure this person right here, you know, is able to achieve achieve a certain level of things they want to. You know, they 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 can progress to a point I want them to, and then they can go 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 beyond that to what to what they want. It's like you know, I mean, all right, I still got my thing, but now this is the main focus here. That's right. So, is there anything in the last uh, two months that you feel all new fathers should know? <sighs> wow. Uh... Hit us with it. That was, whatever that was, we want that. <laughs> Spit it out. You know, I think I think one of the most difficult things is as as fathers, you want to be able to protect. You want to be able to have answers and solutions for everything, and they're just things that are going to come up, and you're not going to know what to do, and you're not going to have the solution and that's hard like at this stage babies cry for many different reasons and they can't really communicate what's troubling them and then that's compounded by for some mothers this emotional uh, I, I say it's almost like a turmoil uh, my wife it weighs heavily when our our daughter is going through these these fits and she can't soothe and we don't know the answers and so it's like I want to comfort and protect 
my my baby and make sure she has what she needs and at the same time I'm trying to encourage my wife and I'm not the source <laughs> right now so that can be hard you know and as men mm-hmm. I think we we want to swoop in and save the day and you know bring solutions and that's challenging when you're, you're not the key at this at this stage so that's something that I, I tell all fathers to like prepare for you know you might have to you know way through the waters the deep end you know and just kind of be there on the sideline supporting and not always having you know an answer which can which can be troubling it can be it can take a lot on you yeah and i think that you said it perfectly inside so at, at that point where you're like i want to fix this situation and then your your spouse or your wife's looking at you like what are we going to do and you're like I'm gonna fix this, but you don't really know how to fix it. Then both of you are frustrated. You're sleep deprived. You haven't slept. She hasn't slept, and now she has someone literally sucking life out of her all day. And a lot, and she just wants to say, "I just need a break." And a lot of times, as men, I know for me, prior to me, and I say this a lot, I never took care for a baby or a child prior to having my own, so I didn't know how to just tap in there. I'll be sitting there looking like, "Oh, wow." overwhelmed because I was new didn't know what this stuff was and there was no training class there's no training wheels you're just thrown into the thick of it I would agree I mean I'm I'm someone who I will study I'll read every book that I can get my hands on I, I had the what to expect latest edition <laughs> not only what to expect with with the newborn or with the pregnancy but also the the first year so i was following every milestone and there's certain things you can glean you can talk to other new dads but inevitably you're gonna hit a point where it's like wow i didn't read about this you know i didn't there's something that's going to happen that you were not prepared for and you're not going to have the answers (laughs) and it's in those moments where you can really feel like, well, dad, what, what good am I? <laughs> am, am I, am I doing a good job as a father? And those are natural feelings. And you just got to learn how to just take those and stride and know it's just part of the process. Really. Was there a moment where you really mm-hmm. say, Oh, wow. You felt like you didn't make progress. You're like, okay, I can see me get better at this. So, yeah, we're going through that now. I think the first time I was able to uh, rock my baby to sleep and and put her in the bassinet myself (laughs) without my wife, I was like, when? (laughs) Like, yes. (laughs) I mean, I did the I did the the most incredible thing right because again at this stage my baby is only two months old um she's really connected to her mom and you know i'm i'm there i'm involved and she knows me and she responds but you know anytime that i can do something in my on my own and take take some of that weight off of my wife's shoulder yeah it's like man that's the best so we're, we're i'm seeing more and more of that and keep it real, Adam. And you felt like it was a milestone. You was like, "Yeah," and she was like, "Boy, that ain't that ain't nothing." <laughs> <laughs> like I've been doing this every day. <laughs> see, see, I, see I, had, I had a little different experience because I was actually the primary 
caregiver from like birth. <laughs> so, oh wow! So so I so I so like did I I'm like I I had to look at it from like that flip side, <laughs> like you know certain things. So like you know my wife would take over and do something with with the with the baby. It was like uh you know I was like oh, hold on are you. No, no, no! You got to do, you got to do it this way. This way, you got to do it. You know, what I'm saying like I, I had to take a step back because I was like, you know, at some points I, I was almost like a tyrant. <laughs> no, like you know, you got, no, you got to do it this way, or, or, no, you got to keep an eye. You got to just got to listen out to this. You got to do this. No, you got to put it. You got to do this. Put this. Put this like that. Put this like this. And she peeking around the corner, staring at me. <laughs> I, so over over time, I've become less less tyr- a little less tyrannical. Will, are you safe? Are you in a safe place right now? Can you speak? I, I am safe. <laughs> you know, she, she looks over his shoulder. <laughs> I mean, you know, she really don't scare me. I want to get her opinion oh. on you being a tyrant. <laughs> Man, I, I, I love her to death. She, I love her to death. You know, she, she's softer than baby shit, so I ain't got to worry about nothing. Oh, here we go. You know, um, Raheem brings up a good point about teaming. How have you and your wife been doing with teaming? Like it sounded like you said, um, you said that you have taken the night shift, so she's taking over with the day shift. And so, how's it like? Kind of, uh, how's your teaming in progress? A little bit. Yeah, I think um, you know we definitely work together, and I'm I'm there to support. Mm-hmm. Actually, Raheem brings up a good point. My wife, she delivered um, by cesarean section, and so mm-hmm. in that first. I'm going to say the first two weeks outside of breastfeeding um, and really getting the baby to sleep, I was doing everything else. So I was the first one to change her diaper. I was the first one to, you know, wipe her down and pretty much anything that required me to be up on my feet. You know, I was holding that down and Jess was the one who was you know, just nursing and recovering, 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 but I mean, helping the baby in the, from the bed. And so in that sense, you know, I've, I've tried to step up and lean in where I can. And I think we have a good, we have a good rhythm, but let's be honest, even with all of that, like the weight is still on the mother, you know, my wife Mm -hmm. breastfeeds. So, she more directly is keeping this baby alive. She's the source of food. And I don't know about any of you brothers, but my baby's a type who's like, she is obsessed with the breast. And so that's, <laughs> yeah. that's been another challenge. You know? <laughs> yeah. Our, uh, our son is like, he, he is, he is, he was, he was like, uh, he was uh, like, uh, yeah, obsessed, obsessed with it. And uh, yeah. my wife, she delivered through a uh, cesarean also. So, like you're saying, like you know, you, she laid up for you know weeks, and you know, so you gotta the, pretty much all she could do is like she's she's right there, she's that that source of food, laying there healing. It's like you know she laying there trying to heal up, and same thing, getting the energy and life sucked out of her at, at the same time. Yeah. But um, I think I think I think I think it made it a little easier on us because um, because of blood type incompatibility, our son had a jaundice issues. So we had to supplement and give him formula to keep to keep him drinking, drinking, drinking constantly, so he could like you know get his uh get his Billy Rubin levels down. He had like he had to constantly try to like poop poop and like get stuff out of his system. So so that made it a little easier for her because like I still had to like all right go ahead and give him some nurse him and then I right, give him right to me. Let me give him a bottle of some a formula too just to keep him full or keep him keep him pooping. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. We actually introduced formula in the hospital because Same. I think it took a, a while for the colostrum to come in. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. from from jump, the baby has had a combination, but I would say it's still 90% yeah. breast milk. And her preference is to feed from the breast. Like, you know, every now and again, we could probably sneak a bottle, especially at night. At night, she put a bottle in front of her face. She's like, what, what is this? Come on now. Like, take me to the source. <laughs> and I'm trying to relieve my wife. She's like, oh, God, again. But, um, yeah, you know. Deer Park. <laughs> I don't drink no damn Deer Park. And she's a strong one. Like, she'll actually smack it out of her face. Like, I'm like, Dad, you're really offended. <laughs> Yeah, we managed to get a good system where, you know, he would nurse and instantly once, once like, you know, my wife was like, all right, I'm empty. It was like, bam, come right over to me. And he had the bottle right mm. there. It was like off the, off the breast, boom, bottle right in the mouth on mm. daddy. Nice. So that's a rough time. We've had previous guests say that their swaddle skills are top notch. Where are your swaddle skills? Ooh, uh, okay. Uh, I feel like if it's on a scale of one to ten, mm-hmm. I'd give myself a solid eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay, so you're not the swaddle god. You're okay. not going to challenge the swaddle god for his spot, the top spot. And I'll, I'll say why. I can do a nice tight swaddle, mm-hmm. but my little girl can do some type of She's a magic jujitsu. <laughs> I don't care what happens, and we double, we double swaddle, and inevitably she'll find her her hand and and work some kind of some kind of little jig and get that finger up to her face. You know she she loves putting her hands on her face, and I'm like, how, how on earth? Like you've been double swaddle, and I go tight, but you know typically if I swaddle her, she'll she'll at least stay in the swaddle. When my wife is tried, it's like jailbreak. She's loose. She's she's squirming, flipping. You know, I can at least keep her contained, but she's gonna find well, that hand. Well, at least you're the you're the swaddle god of your household. <laughs> True that. Right. You holding that position down? I guess. All right. So, um, tell us a little bit about relationship with your father and your thoughts on fatherhood overall. Wow. So we're going deep. Um, yeah, let's let's go to it. Dive in the deep end. All right. Well, I have a relationship with my father. We're not super close. Um, I would say my father, you know, he was in my life from birth, but then like so many men in America, the statistic my father did go away for some time and he missed like crucial years in my development. And I was seven when he left. I was 11 when he came back. And I think there's a lot that happens developmentally over those years. And when he came back into my life, um, I think he was still stuck at me as a seven-year-old and wasn't really appreciating that now I'm becoming a teenager a young man and so that that made that transition transition really difficult and 
honestly, you know, the bond wasn't there and it wasn't nurtured. So I think I always say, you know, the the worst thing, the uh, you know, a, a parent's worst nightmare is a child with a really good memory if they're not stepping up and doing what they're supposed to do. And I would say that, you know, since that period moving forward, there were a lot of things, there were a lot of opportunities where I felt like my dad could have really, you know, stepped up as a dad and and didn't. And so the bond was not there. Now, I love my father. You know, I, I, I forgive him for his faults, but I think for me, my desire to become a father uh, stemmed from the fact that I didn't have that ideal relationship growing up, and so I wanted to experience that myself and be the father to my child that my dad wasn't. And I'll be honest with you, I really wanted a son for that reason. Um, I, you know, growing up, I'd see kids with their dads, you know, who were there present, you know, grew up playing football in the boys and girls club. And there were several dads who were like the, the sideline coaches there rooting on their son. And I loved that, you know, and I admired it. And it's, it's interesting. Like I didn't, um, I can't say I, I, I regret it even at that young age that I didn't have that. I guess I wasn't I wasn't mad at the situation. I just kind of accepted that, you know, it is what it is. But I always said, you know, one day I'm going to be a dad and it'll be a different path. And honestly, I think in, in the black community, this is a pathology that goes back. It stems all the way back to to slavery. I happen to be an amateur um, genealogist, so I've traced my, my lineage back pretty far. My great grandfather's father was born in 1865 and for my historians you know that was the year that the 13th amendment um, was passed it, it abolished slavery in America so I'm not too far removed from slavery in that sense that man his name was Benjamin Vick he had a father who could not be a father to him statutorily he couldn't be um, and when he became a father, he deserted his family. And so when my great grandfather became a father, he, he did better than his father. He said, I'm going to make sure I'm there. I provide. Now he was a provider, but he wasn't really a nurturer. And I think this is a common story we hear, you know, of that bygone era. And um, his son, my grandfather, tried to be a little bit better, but still was very much a disciplinarian with his own sons. He was wonderful with me. I mean, he, he had a profound impact on, you know, my childhood. Unfortunately, he passed when I was seven. So I kind of lost both my dad and my grandfather at, at the, the same, same age. Gotcha. And then <laughs> my father, I feel like, when he became a father, he tried he tried to kind of balance both, but he didn't do it well. Like there were times when he was around where he wanted to be a friend where he really probably should have been more of a father figure. And then there were other times where he wanted to 
be this uh, disciplinarian and really strict. And I guess he felt like I'm 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 giving both sides and I'm trying to do a little bit better. But there's a pathology here where yeah. each generation going back was trying to do better than the previous. And I when you when you understand that pathology, I think it's easy to see gaps and see where where different ones have failed before you. Um and I, I want to correct that. I want to stop that cycle. So for me, it's it's about learning from those past failures and using it to inspire me to really be be the better version. You know, I think I think all of us at some point, you know, can point to areas where, you know, a father or a father figure has failed us. And I think we don't have to continue that cycle. So that's where I am today. Okay, I definitely agree. And and I think going back to your hot seat, when you and you said that um, father is a choice, it is a choice. And I think what you, like you're saying is we don't have to repeat the cycle. And once you say once you make the choice that I'm not going to be this, then what are you going to do so you won't be that way? But I think the biggest thing where we're we're looking at right now is when you look at the black the black man and the black family we weren't designed it wasn't designed for the black man to lead the black family we didn't know how to we were literally taken from the household we were heard like cattle so a lot of times that last name that master that last name that's who our children looked forward to for some protection it wasn't us so how do you re reconstruct after that how do you change that the idea that for over 400 years, and like you say, you trace your lineage back. It wasn't too long ago for you. You trace your lineage back the whole time. Who took the time to rebuild the black man? Teach him how to be a father. And, to, and actually to mend his pain. Because we are overwhelmed. We're hurt. Just like you said, your father didn't know how to be a father. I don't know, Adam, you said that he was he left. Um, when you were seven, it, can you explain why he, he left when you were seven? Or My father was incarcerated. Um, he got caught up. Uh, white collar crime. Uh, I think always felt the need to um, try to prove himself. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that stemmed from his own childhood trauma and probably not feeling um, valued, you know, by, by his own parents but primarily his dad and wanting to you know wanting to impress them wanting their approval and and I think he he channeled that my father brilliant guy you know smart guy you know has so many um, capabilities and, and it's a testament to you know how I am there there's a, there's a lot of good things that I, I got from him because even though he served several years in prison he got out and um, he he really focused on rebuilding his life uh, four years after um, coming out he was able to purchase his first property in the city then purchased an investment property um, had a good job six-figure paying job like he really turned his life around um, but I feel like um, that's a story you never hear. Yeah, at all. Mm -hmm. and and and, never. and he, 
this was in him, right? So there there was a lot of mm-hmm. good things that I gleaned from him as well, but I feel like um yeah, he he just really struggled with that that sense of approval and needing to fill the void um from mm-hmm. his childhood trauma uh in in unhealthy ways. And so that that oftentimes you know, you hear these stories and everything I, I say goes back to childhood trauma. Everybody has something mm-hmm. that that they can point to that really, you know, affects them today as an adult. And how do you channel that? I think he just he like so many people fell prey to the vices yeah. of the world as a as a sort of pacifier. I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that that need to 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 produce like as a man it's like if i don't have these things to show that i'm worth my worth is i need to produce that that need to produce what we're fed is that we have to be produce produce you have to provide provide and so if i'm not providing what's my worth and i just want to tell the black fathers out there any black fathers out listening you are enough no matter where you are right now in your life you are enough i love you we love you 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 are enough just to who you are. You don't have to you don't have to put on for anybody else. <laughs> you love me, bro. Yes, I, mean, I love you. You felt that? I'm like, wow. I love you too, bro. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know and, I, and I completely understand that because you know me being like you know my youngest was born. You know, me end up end up becoming the full time parent and everything, and being a black man. Like I'm like, damn, I ain't out here like, you know, I always had a job and everything and worked. It was bringing in money and stuff i'm like that now i'm switched up to the point where all right i ain't bringing in you know i, I felt like i was not producing at all i'm like nah, i'm not producing nothing i'm, I'm not i'm it, it was it was way it weighed on me a lot like it was like just mentally draining on me and eventually you know i got to a point where and and my wife got to my wife you know you know because sometimes she had stresses with like you know that one income like till we till we managed find out how to manage it you know completely you know i could see she was stressed but eventually i got to a point you know and plus hearing her say it more and more like look you doing stuff i couldn't do that i couldn't do what you do mm. right now like you are you are doing great like this is like the like what you're doing like actually seeing like you know the the i don't know the, the i don't know the meaning but or, or seeing like you know the good and what i was doing and how well i was doing it as you know i wasn't producing you know income i was producing good quality children at, in my house you know saying oldest son mm-hmm. national Honor society you know my child with autism doing great like you know i had to look at I had to look at humble like, flex I'm humble money. flex humble flex <laughs> I, I you. You know, that's you know sometimes you gotta you gotta flex a little bit because that's you how know? you that's how you keep from slipping into that that point where god i ain't i ain't, I ain't producing money you're like you ain't producing a ton of money but it's like i'm producing quality men like you got a quality mm. child, you know. That's what you, you're still producing something. So you know, any brothers out there, like you know, what I'm saying you, even if you ain't, even if you ain't producing, you know, that that guap. Just you know, not the guap. Make sure <laughs> make sure you produce it. You know, make sure you producing quality human beings. We gotta, we gotta find a, a bar, mm-hmm. even though you're not producing that guap. Oh, you're producing that good heart. No, never mind. That yeah. was corny. Let it go. That was. I hope that you. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> Produce quality children. We'll, find, we'll figure it out. 
Edit that out. That's not. That's not for. That's not it. That ain't the one. Oh, okay. All right. So, well, you you know, I, I did want to add to that is that um, you know, you guys are doing great jobs yourselves. How do you actually quiet those voices in your head, though? Like, you know, there's those negative voices that are or that are coming in and saying you ain't doing enough, you ain't making enough. What do you guys do to? Uh, and specifically, yeah, Adam, but I want everybody to speak to um, what do you do to quiet those voices? Start with Adam first. That's a good question. Um, honestly, I'm blessed to say that I have a solid group of friends who are present fathers. They're not just pro- providers, but they're actively involved in the nurturing and the upbringing of their their children. And just having that community that you can tap into for support is really key because um, I feel like you you learn so much from observation. And that's also been a problem historically for a lot of black men and black fathers not having the example and then history repeats itself. But when you see positive examples and you know that, okay, here's a healthy way that you can balance the, the, the pressures of fatherhood um, it, it really helps you know that, okay, I, I have the wherewithal. It's not just about a metric. It's not about how much money I bring home and, you know, what I can, what I can pay for, what I can provide materially. That's, that's one side of it. And it's important, but I think more importantly is being present and having a solid group of friends who are fathers and our fathering in a healthy way can do so much to encourage you when you when you struggle and have those doubts you know who are your accountability partners who's your tribe who's going to help and and encourage you and lift you up um, and even and offer you know insight i think that everybody needs that exactly i i I concur 100 percent um and this is why we started fathering while black and uh, um, this is this um when I ran into you, Adam, at the park. This um we were my wife and I. We were out with our two kids, and and um it was been a, it was a rough time. It was just a rough time. Work with work, stressed out with work, and different things, and trying to get kids started back in school, and with the whole COVID protocol and, and et cetera. We went went for a walk, and then um and then we ran into your wife, and you said. You said, "Hey, honey, this is that. That's the. That's the. That's my uh my friends, my Howard, that's starting the, the fathering podcast. That right there, um, it that just right there, and acknowledging someone else in the space. You had your girl dad uh shirt on. You had the nice, the nice, the nice stroller. You were, you were, you were in that mode. And, we, and I, I understood just what you were going through. You told me and we stopped, and my wife talked to your wife and was like." Wow, we really needed that. That those moments like that, that right there recharged me. And it was like, wow, this is what we need—a place for black men to be mm-hmm. able to speak about fatherhood, the triumphs and the trials. That's right, and lean on one another. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it was very, you know, that day, Wardell, that I ran into you, my wife and I. We were just talking about like just the constant um, pressure with always having to be ready to, to, to jump in and take care of 
a, a demanding baby, right? Which can be really stressful. And this is all new, like I've said. And, you know, just that chance meeting with you guys and my wife talking to your wife, um, it really, it really rejuvenated her and me. And it, it let us know, like, look, we're not in this alone. And I think so often that's what we feel like. We feel like we're on an island, right? Yep. Whether that, I mean, that's with a lot of things. Um, that sense of community, that sense of support, um, even if it's not all the time, but knowing that you have someone who's been where you are or is going through where you, uh, what you're going through, and and can really encourage you. That that right there can be just what you need to to push through. So yeah, get into community. Yeah, um, for me, um, how I work through stuff, I, I, easiest way for me to put it is I just keep moving. Um, I can't, the way I'm built is like, it may not look it because, you know, a lot of stuff I do is computer based, um, research and stuff like that, but I have to continuously take take the mindful approach to taking the next step. Um, sometimes it's just doing what it takes to stay afloat. Um, financially, I gotta I have to do this because it's profit producing. Versus I have to do this because I'm a father. Um, and just time management. Um, and I'm not perfect with it, like you know most people. Um, I struggle, you know, with cer certain things as far as my calendar, um, but I work on those things and I get better because like we talk about on this podcast a lot, um, fatherhood is a skill. So, you know, managing my little one's schedule, managing my spouse's schedule, she would say I'd suck, but <laughs> um, I'll say I <laughs> try to improve over time and I just, you know, do my best. Um, my question to you, Adam, is why do you think in mainstream media black men are misrepresented that's been an ongoing issue here in america i think um there's always been a stigma and a stereotype um to really demonize uh and and devalue the black man uh, because we since we were brought over to these shores have been a threat to the status quo, right? And so Don't say that you gotta say that again. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> from from jump, right? I, I think we yeah. we've always had a, a hill to climb and that's because from the very beginning we've been we've been uh I think deemed a threat. And so we're we are something to be suppressed and oppressed. because uh, it's all a power dynamic. And we've had to fight those battles in every facet of society going back, you know, since the beginning of this this country. And I think that's pervasive. And even in in culture and in media, we still see a perpetuation of stereotypes of black men who are um, ignorant, who are lazy who are uh, prone to crime, 
violent, um, all these negative stereotypes that I feel like don't represent who we are. Um, you know what's interesting? I think this was about eight years ago. The CDC released um, a report about fatherhood and it said something like you know more than 70 percent of uh black women are single moms which suggested oh, come that, through data come through come data on. come on data it suggested <laughs> that you know black men aren't aren't stepping up as fathers and again perpetuating mm. these stereotypes and um it it failed to account for things like well just because you may not be married doesn't mean yeah, that the father's not yeah. there in the household mm -hmm. or even for those who aren't cohabitating the study also found that when a black man is involved he's more inclined to step up in ways that a lot um, of men who you know are part of the dominant culture do not step up like we're not only providing but we're there to actually nurture our child feed our child clothe our child yeah. bathe like our child bathe, our child bathe is very significant <laughs> yeah. and it also doesn't come through um, data come through data the you know the <laughs> the problem we have with systemic racism i mean mm -hmm. where where you do find a lack of fatherhood or the presence of black fathers also correlates with the fact that we have an issue with mass incarceration in this country mm -hmm. where black men are literally being pushed from the school straight to the prison a funnel. and it's created yeah it's a funnel and it's created it's created a societal problem it's created um you know this this toxic culture um in in our politics and it it all stems back from like what I said from the beginning. Since we got here, we've been public enemy number one, yeah. and we've had so many feats that we've had to um, overcome. Yet and still, there are black fathers who are present. There are black fathers who are stepping up, and we really need to normalize black, um, black fatherhood and, and and celebrate it. You know, that's why I'm glad. Like I don't know if y'all caught Oprah Winfrey's network. Uh, released just this past Father's Day uh, a, a documentary with Sterling K. Brown on um, black fatherhood just celebrating the, the role and significance of black fathers and I think we need to tell more of those stories and we need to put more of that in the media to fight against these negative stereotypes because it, it has persisted for so long that people buy into it not just not just white people even some black people are yeah. ignorant and think that, okay, this is just how it is. And so they become complacent or make excuses. It's like, nah, this is not how it is. You know, even even going back to, to slavery, you know, there were black men who fought and put their lives on the line to protect their own. And I feel mm -hmm. like it's innate. It's God-given. You know, we have, we we were designed to protect and provide and um and really step up and i feel like we all have that that god-given potential yeah. and if we if we celebrate that narrative 
and normalize it i think it'll go a long way for future generations to know like you know there's a there's a better there's a better way and i'm i'm not what the media is telling me i am you know i have that's a bar that's a bar because you you 100 right it's 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 in, it's in the black man's nature to provide protect and 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 die for you know his family the, that the, you know protect the black woman protect the black family and like you said you know it's that whole narrative you know because look let's be real those who are those who are in power of everything right now you know what I'm saying they they know exactly they know our history they know our history better than we do they know where we came from they know what we were I mean they know they would know or have nothing if we did not our ancestors did not teach them teach it to them you know what I'm saying they know all, all the knowledge all the science and mathematics all that came from us and so to maintain that position of power you've got to constantly put out this narrative you know to downplay the black man like the black man ain't shit he don't take care of himself he don't take care of his community he don't take care or love his family his women his, his children you know you got to keep that you got to constantly put that out there feed that to everyone else feed that to us to try to you know destroy our image of ourselves you gotta you gotta destroy the image of the black man especially to the black woman like you know he ain't nothing you don't need him you know he he's not doing it you know all that's all that's just there to, to prevent us from rising up to the level that they know we're supposed to be at because that's what they saw and that's what taught them and brought them up out of out of out of out of, out of you know the, the funk and you know the ignorance that they was in you know taught them how to be civilized like we got to keep them from mm -hmm. from getting back to that level that they supposed to be at so we can maintain our power so they got to keep putting out there like the black man the black father you know he ain't doing nothing he ain't around but you know that's, that's what we trying to do we try to change that let people know that you know, the black father is here we always been here you know what i'm saying whether we've been in the home outside the home we be father you know <laughs> You know, deployed, <laughs> deployed away somewhere. You know, father. You know, say he, even you might get some brothers that's, that's incarcerated right there. You know, some of them still talk. You know, they they take they take that phone call, that collect phone call. They talk to them, how you how you doing? You listening to your mother? You doing good in school? All right, you know, I'll be I'll be I'll be home one day. I'm I'm, I'm gonna be home. You know, we go we gonna, we gonna work on this. I'm, I'll try to figure it out. You know, you got those brothers that still doing that too. So you know, the black man is. Is doing his thing, trying. He he's, he's, he be, he be fathering. Yeah, that's, that's all you can say. Mm -hmm. We be fathering, and, and like I always say, different doesn't mean deficient. And then when you try to draw me, draw me with all my complexity. I need nuance. Don't just have me a stick figure and say, oh, because I'm not here, because I'm not in the house with my child. I'm not fathering. Like we just had a, a father on uh, the last episode that drove two thousand miles a month to see his daughter. So, for it's asinine for you to say that black father doesn't is not fathering, and when he's literally spending hours a month to go see his child, fighting for his child, we need those stories. It's low hanging fruit to say black men ain't shit. It's low hanging fruit. With that mm -hmm. logic, there's white men ain't shit. There's Chinese men ain't shit. Mm -hmm. But when you when you say all when you say black men aren't shit. Don't say that. Don't say black men aren't shit. And if you're saying some fathers, some black men aren't shit, but that's the truth. Some aren't. But that's not the that's not the pervading theme. There's plenty. The, the the majority of black men are doing what they're supposed to do. The majority. And that's where we need to stop. 
talking about. Don't don't keep saying. And like I, I was on live with um a si- with a sister um a couple of days ago on hood the on, um, the, she has a, a, a beautiful clothing brand called Hood's Therapy because the hood needs therapy. And when people say mm-hmm. you know all the all the men that I seen usually aren't with, around, but maybe you need to expand your circle because if you just live mm-hmm. in one sector and you just this is what this that's maybe your experience doesn't make it the whole and that's why our, our biggest thing is I'm sorry I'm talking too fast let me slow down I know I see you tone I <laughs> 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 say anything um nobody said anything so my question my last question to uh to Adam um would be what would you like to see more of from black fathers I think it's what we've been talking about. I'd like to see more conversations around what does it mean to be a father and a black father, um, especially here in America. And I'd like to see more more brothers coming together like this. You know, it I, not necessarily in a in a podcast form, but like just living life together in community. I really want to stress that. Like, I feel like. Um, nobody exists on an island unto themselves like we all have something to learn and glean from one another and we all need that type of support so if we can be vulnerable if we can have dialogue and talk about you know the the issues that affect us or even the joys of fatherhood and really use that to uplift us I think that'll begin to change the the narrative in the culture and you know i i was going to say when i was you know listening to you wardell i feel like the the most effective tactic that any oppressor has is to beat you down mentally if i can get you to believe the lie that i'm telling you about yourself i can sit back and be passive and i'll let you self-destruct i think so often Mm -hmm. after centuries of being told that we are not adequate after centuries of being told that there's no inherent dignity in our manhood in our in our role as fathers there are some unfortunately who have believed the lie and so they're doing the work you can't even blame the white man you've you've believed the lie but you've been beat down mentally to the point where you accept it and and then you reflect it and so i feel like we need to fight against the the lie we need to fight against the negative stereotypes we need to take agency over ourselves reclaim our dignity um and 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 really live the way that we that we feel who we feel we are as opposed to what we're told about us I think that's so important because so often you're hearing messages that don't reflect how you feel about yourself on the inside. Mm -hmm. And if you if you really lived your life with integrity, I think there's a lot of issues, a lot of a lot of things in life that we've had to endure for so long that that just don't have to be the story. But we have to do that in community. We need to we need to tap into each other's strengths and lift each other up. Copy. Um, do you guys have any other questions before I wrap it up? Um, I nah, man. I think you I think you said no, exactly what you had to say. 
Thank you for saying. One, <laughs> um, I mean, one thing I wanted to maybe add before we close out was um, you guys are really speaking to what you see is kind of what you imitate to. Um, and we're all human beings, so we have this this way about ourselves that we learn things obviously through what we hear and what we see. And so it's really important that um, we start to change that narrative of what we what we're listening to, what we're pouring into ourselves, because it does really uh, change how we may interact with our families, with ourselves, what we think about ourselves, all that. So I thought that was great that you guys brought that up. Copy. So our last segment, what we like to do before we close out is what what we like to call would you who would you rather have as a father pretty simple pretty straightforward um i ask you two individuals and who would you rather have a father it's just like the hot seat um fairly Mm. simple ready to get started let's go all right who would you rather have a father as a father michael jordan or kobe bryant Mm. man that's hard (laughs) um uh, jordan Jordan, Dwayne Wade or Boosie? Oh my God, <laughs> Dwayne Wade. Wiz Khalifa or Snoop? Snoop. Martin Luther King or Malcolm X? Martin Luther King. Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson? Tyson. Uncle Phil or Carl Winslow? <laughs> uh, Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. I don't think Carl Winslow has won one yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, do you, Adam, before we get to wrapping things up, do you have any shout-outs you'd like? Anybody you think that should, should come on the pod? I, we were talking about this before the show. I want to shout-out my my brother, my friend, my Howard um, alum, uh, Messiah Ram Kassoon. He, um, he started a movement. Black fathers are necessary. I'm wearing the T-shirt today, um, and he he's an artist, a rapper. Look him up on um, any streaming platform on YouTube. This brother is is really doing the work that we've been talking about in trying to change the narrative and create space for black men and black fathers to really thrive. So y'all look him up and support his movement. Copy. What about Copy. you, fellas? Um, I think yeah, shout out. I'm gonna shout out all the black fathers out there doing what they're supposed to do. We got you. Mm-hmm. All right, Adam. Uh, what yeah. would you say to someone who was on the fence about checking out our podcast? Oh, like this is an easy thing. Like if you're if you're a black man and you're a black father. You need to you need to tap into this space here because it's a lot of it's a lot of good. Like we need more of this. And so I would say definitely check it out. You guys are you keep it real. Um I've I've learned a lot just in, in this short time with you guys and I've been encouraged and inspired. So we all need more of that. Copy. Gotta check out Father and Wild Black. Copy. So before we get out of here, I want to shout out the audience like I often do. Um, no matter or how you're consuming this content, whether audio, video, live audience, um, you could have been anywhere in the world and you choose to sat down, 
you chose to sit down with us. We appreciate that. Um, if you've enjoyed this conversation on Black Fatherhood and would like to hear more like it, you know how to do all the social stuff. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good jazz. Um, hit the ding. You know, be notified because we out here fathering. Um, I want to give you... <laughs> I would like to give a very special uh, thank you to our guest, Adam Vix. Thank you for coming on, sitting down with us, man. Um, we really appreciate it. Hey, quiet you. <laughs> and lastly, always remember, changing the narrative is not a singular event. It's a continuous journey. Um, black fathers are out here. We have a voice and would like to be heard. Again, my name is Tone, a.k.a. Cyrus the Rubber One, um, along with my co-host, Art of War, uh, Raheem, the last blokey bloke, D-Black, and we out of here. Till next time. Peace. Peace, y'all. Peace. Yeah. We back. Yeah. The return to that emo rap Ain't no kilo stash Augusta's son had to reload that Daddy gone but his legacy strong How do you figure? I too thought I'd be dead All things considered but I'm living Thriving and growing Fighting opponents that I'm with it Striving to know who died for the lowest Don't you get it? The industry hopers try to control us I ain't with it I got me a goal that's highly explosive With my wife and my baby What I'm writing is weighty Call me S.O. or Bebenberg They nighting me lately Stand where the light is Feeling like it delighted and maybe I'm getting grown Nothing wrong with Bible and Baileys I open up the text Got my mind closer off the edge Goes the architect I ain't gotta go to your connect I call the God direct Him and I through the sun up uh, I say him and I your bless up Rest uh.